حدثنا يحيى بن سليمان حدثنا ابن وهب قال اخبرني يونس عن ابن شهاب اخبرني عروه بن الزبير انه سمع اسماء بنت ابي بكر رضي الله عنهما اسماء بنت ابي بكر narrated تقول she said قام رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم خطيبا she said the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم once stood up as a khatib meaning to give a khutbah to address the people فَذَكَرَ فِتْنَةَ الْقَبْرِ And while he was addressing the people, he mentioned the fitna of the grave. أَلَّتِي يَفْتَتِنُ فِيهَا الْمَرْءُ By which a person will be tested. فَلَمَّا ذَكَرَ ذَلِكَ When he mentioned that, ضَجَّ الْمُسْلِمُونَ ضَجَّةً The Muslims began to do ضج. ضج is to shout. Meaning they cried out, they gasped, they were shocked, and they were so afraid that they cried. And you could hear the sound of their surprise and their fear and their crying. They were so shaken up by knowing that there is punishment in the grave, that they were terrified. And this is something that really we should be terrified about. Punishment in the grave and especially fitna al-qabr. What is the fitna of the qabr? Fitna of the qabr is the test in the grave. Meaning, how a person will be asked three questions. And those three questions are what? That who is your Lord? Who is your Prophet? And what is your deen? And these three questions, even though they may seem to be very simple, right, straightforward, we already know the answers, right? So it, it shouldn't be very difficult. But they will be asked by who? By who? By angels that are described as munkar nakir. Munkar nakir is what? Something that's rejected. Meaning they're so scary, so frightening, that you don't want to be near them. You don't want to be close to them. They have no mercy. No no gentleness at all. Very harsh. Has it ever happened with you that you're asked questions, like in an interview or in an exam, and the questioner is very stern? very stern, you try to be a little friendly, you try to crack a joke, but no, they don't take it at all. Maybe at immigration this has happened with you, or you've heard stories about it. At immigration, or if you're taking a drive test, you try to be normal, and you try to relax, and you try to have like casual conversation with the examiner, but they don't entertain at all. And so what happens? Even though you're so confident, you know how to drive, Right? But you get puzzled. You get scared. And especially it's because of the fact that you're alone. Right? You're alone. You're not allowed to check your phone. You're not allowed to talk to anybody. You cannot have a friend in the back seat. You cannot have your mom, your dad, your instructor, anybody with you. You're alone. And that makes you nervous. So fitnatul qabr is real. And it is something very frightening. And then... Think about the place where this test will be. In the grave. And what is the grave? The Prophet ﷺ said about the grave that it is the first manzil, first stage of the stages of the hereafter. And if a person is saved here, then he will be saved later. And if a person is, if a person fails in this stage, at this level, then there's only more difficulty afterwards. 
And he said in the same hadith, this hadith is in Musnad Ahmad, that wallahi ma ra'aytu manzaran qattu illa wal qabru afda'u minhu. That by Allah, I have not seen anything except that the grave was more frightening than it. I have not seen anything except that the grave was more frightening than it. So anything horrible, scary that you've witnessed, anything frightening that you've witnessed, know that the grave is even more frightening. And this is why the Muslims responded at this time the way they did. حدثنا عياش بن الوليد حدثنا عبد الأعلى حدثنا سعيد عن قتادة عن أنس بن مالك رضي الله عنه أنه حدثهم أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said that إن العبد إذا وضع في قبره that indeed the servant when he is placed in his grave when he is put down in his grave وتولى عنه أصحابه and his companions turn away from him. Meaning, they leave him. They eventually go away. وَإِنَّهُ لَيَسْمَعُ قَرْعًا عَالِهِمْ And indeed, he hears the sound of their sandals. Meaning, of their footsteps. أَتَاهُ مَلَكَانِ Then two angels come to him. فَيُقْعِدَانِهِ And they make him sit. فَيَقُولَانِ And then they say, مَا كُنْتَ تَقُولُ فِي الرَّجُلِ Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What is it that you said about the man, concerning the man? And they imply by that, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. فَأَمَّا الْمُؤْمِنِ Then as for the believer, فَيَقُولُ So he says, أَشْهَدُ أَنَّهُ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ I testify that indeed he is the servant of Allah and his messenger. فَيُقَالُ لَهُ Then it is said to him, أُنظُرْ إِلَى مَقْعَدِكَ مِنَ النَّارِ Look at your home in hell. قَدْ أَبْدَلَكَ اللَّهُ بِهِ مَقْعَدًا مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ Allah has replaced it for you with a home in paradise. فَيَرَاهُمَا جَمِيعًا And then He has shown both of them together. Meaning He has shown both hellfire and paradise. And then He is told, see this place in hell? This would have been your place. However, this instead, meaning the place in Jannah, will be your home. So in other words, he will be shown hellfire and paradise at this time. And he will be told that the place in Jannah is your home. Why? Because he passed the test. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. قَالَ قَتَادَ قَتَادَ said, وَذُكِرَ لَنَا أَنَّهُ يُفْسَحُ فِي قَبْرِهِ Qatada said that this was also mentioned that his grave is expanded. It is made spacious. Because a grave actually is a very small, tight place. Have you ever seen a graveyard? Closely? Have you ever been to one? Um, here, when you go to a graveyard, it's very beautiful. It's very pretty. There's green grass and then there's, you know, flowers and Streams and gardens and very beautiful decorated plates, etc. But when you go to a poor country or a country where the population is generally struggling financially, land is limited, people cannot afford such huge pieces of land for their graves, then you see 
graves right next to each other. Literally right next to each other. Especially the graveyards of Muslims. You see them, graves are right next to each other. Because the graves are not really, you know, plastered or there's no like marble and things like that on it. It's just mud. That's it. And when you see it, first of all, you realize what a small piece of earth it is that the body is occupying. And then recently when my grandmother passed away, I asked some of my cousins who were there that, how was the grave? And one of the boys, he showed me, there were these tiles. He said that they used them. First of all, you know, they dug the grave and then they placed the body and then they covered the body with these tiles. And those tiles were literally, you know, just your shoulder width maybe. That's it. And and they layered them one after the other, covering the body completely or the side of the grave and then they poured mud on it. So the grave itself is very small. But then the grave becomes tight also. Because remember that when a body is put in the grave, then what happens? The grave squeezes the person. In hadith it's mentioned that everyone is squeezed. Everyone. And for some people, they're squeezed so hard that the rib cage basically breaks. And this was demonstrated that how the fingers, you know, like if you put the fingers of your one hand into the other, this is what happens to the ribs. It had become so tight. This is real. The grave is a very tight, narrow place. And a place that is dark, in which there is no light, becomes even more narrow. But after this test, what happens? يُفْسَحُ فِي قَبْرِهِ It is expanded. It is made spacious. ثُمَّ رَجَعَ إِلَى حَدِيثِ أَنَسِ Then Qatada, he continued with the hadith of Anas. قَالَ وَأَمَّا الْمُنَافِقْ وَالْكَافِرْ as for the hypocrite and the disbeliever, فَيُقَالُ لَهُ It is said to him, مَا كُنْتَ تَقُولُ فِي هَذَا الرَّجُلُ What is it that you say about this man? فَيَقُولُ So he replies, meaning the munafiq or the kafir, لَا أَدْرِي I don't know. When do you say this? I don't know. When you don't want to be asked. Isn't it? Either you don't know, or you really don't want to be asked. So you say, I don't know. So, لا أدري, I don't know. He will say, كنت أقول ما يقول الناس. I would just say what the people would say. I just repeated what I heard people saying. I don't know for myself. I just said what I heard the people saying. That he is a messenger of God, whatever. فَيُقَالُ So it will be said, لا دريت ولا تليت. You neither came to know nor did you read. You did not learn, you did not recite, you did not try to find out. وَيُضْرَبُ بِمَطَارِقَ مِنْ حَدِيدٍ ضَرْبَةً And then he will be struck with an iron hammer. A strike, فَيَصِيحُ صَيْحَةً And then he will scream such a scream that يَسْمَعُهَا مَنْ يَلِيهِ That everyone that is near him will hear that scream. غَيْرَ الثَّقَلَيْنِ Except for the two burdens. And who are the two burdens? Human beings and the jinn. 
men and jinn. They do not hear that scream, but everything else around or near that grave hears that scream. So in this hadith also we see very clearly what is mentioned is the reality, the description of the punishment of the grave. Remember that all people will be tested with this fitna. These questions will be asked from whom? All people. Because the hadith says that when the servant is laid in his grave, and the servant includes all, believers, hypocrites, disbelievers, all people. But from other sources we learn that some people are exempt. They will not be asked these questions. And who are they? First of all, the prophets. They will not be asked because they are the prophets of Allah. And then, according to others, even the Siddiqeen, the Shuhada, the Murabitun, those who guard the borders, and the Ghair Mukallafin, people who are not obligated. Like for example, if a person is insane or mentally, you know, he's not like an average, like a normal person, he doesn't know anything, doesn't understand anything, then he will not be asked such questions. Because the pen has been lifted from him. Meaning his deeds are not recorded. He's not going to be held accountable. He's غير mukallaf. So such are exempted. But other than them, everyone else will be questioned. We learn in the hadith that Umar anhu, when he learned about the questioning in the grave, he asked that, O Prophet, Will our intellect be returned to us? Meaning, will we be conscious at that time? Will we understand? If we are dead... Will we understand? And the Prophet ﷺ said, نَعَمْ كَهَيْأَتِكُمُ الْيَوْمِ Just as you are today. Meaning, just as you are intelligent today, meaning you can understand when somebody speaks to you, when somebody asks you, you can process that information, and you can give them an answer. Just like that, your aql will work even in the grave at the time of the fitna. So you will be conscious. So this is very important for us to understand that when a person dies, it's not that they cease to exist. When a person dies, they don't terminate. They're not finished. It's a different existence which is felt, experienced by the soul and the body. And the reality of it, of course, we cannot understand in this world. Same thing. Because if they die like that, then they're no longer, you know, someone who is mukallaf. Bab at-ta'awwudi min adab al-qabr. What a logical sequence. Right? First, the reality, the description of the punishment of the grave, what it constitutes, and then what we should do is to seek refuge with Allah from the punishment of the grave. حدثنا محمد بن المثنى حدثنا يحيى حدثنا شعبة قال حدثني عون بن أبي جحيفة عن أبيه عن البراء بن عازب عن أبي أيوب رضي الله عنهم قال خرج النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أبو أيوب رضي الله عنه reported that once the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم went out وقد وجبت الشمس while the sun had set فسمع صوتا and he heard a sound فقال he said Yahudu tu'addabu fi quburiha. He said about that sound, that that sound was a sound of who? The Yahud being punished in their graves. So we see in this hadith that the Prophet ﷺ was made to hear the sound of 
some people being punished in their graves. And this sound was not heard by those who were around him. Because the hadith says, Samia, he heard. Not Samirna, we all heard. Only he heard. And this is something that should not be difficult for us to understand because at many occasions the Prophet ﷺ was made to hear or was made to see something that others around him were not. Because he is a Prophet and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conveyed to him, made him see, made him hear things that others around him were not made to see or hear. And this is all part of wahi, revelation. right? Because remember that this is of the ghayb. This is of the matters of the unseen. Correct? The punishment of the grave is what? Of the matters of the unseen. And in the Quran we learn that Allah is alimul ghayb. He is the knower of the unseen. And He, فَلَا يُظْهِرُ عَلَى غَيْبِهِ أحدا. He does not let anyone come to know about that ghayb. إِلَّا مَنْ ارْتَضَى مِنْ رَسُولٍ except for the one whom he approves of amongst his messengers. Meaning, to his messengers, he gives them some knowledge of the unseen. So this is part of that. And if we can believe that the Prophet ﷺ is telling us that Jibreel came to him and recited Allah's speech to him, then it shouldn't be difficult for us to believe that the Prophet ﷺ was made to hear the sound of certain people being punished. Now, the chapter heading is Seeking Protection Against Punishment of the Grave. And the hadith doesn't mention anything about ta'awud, isn't it? But we can understand from this hadith that the Prophet ﷺ would tell people about this, that these people are being punished. Why? Why? So that they understand its reality and they do something about it. And what is it that we should do about it? We should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from it. When the Prophet ﷺ gave any information, it wasn't just to entertain people. It wasn't to, to make people feel like, oh wow, that's so cool, that's so scary. No. It was so that people could do something about it. If it's something good, then they should try to achieve it. And if it's something evil, then they should try to save themselves from it. So, so this is like a warning that the Prophet ﷺ gave to people. And what this requires from us as believers is that we believe in this warning and we seek Allah's protection against this punishment. Now, if you think about it, the Prophet ﷺ was made to hear the punishment of the grave at this time and at some other times also. Remember the hadith about how he was passing by two graves, right? And he said that the people in these graves are being punished for something not very major, and then he took the twig and he broke it and he put it on their graves. So we see that at several occasions the Prophet ﷺ was made to hear the sound of the punishment. Which means that he did not hear it all the time. Right? He did not hear it all the time. He was made to hear it sometimes at certain occasions. And in general, we see that people have been protected from hearing the sound of the punishment in the grave. Like we see in the in the earlier hadith, that illa thaqalain. Everybody close to the grave hears the sound of the scream, except for who? People and jinn. So why? Why is it that Allah has concealed this from us? Why can we not hear the dead talking? 
whether it is their screams or it is their enjoying the blessings, why can we not hear them? That it wouldn't be, this life would not be a test anymore. If we could see into what happens after death, if we could hear the, the speech of the people who leave this world, then there is no test then. It, it wouldn't be difficult to believe in Al-Akhirah. Right? Then also if you think about it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also conceals the dead from us in this way. In a way, He He protects them. He conceals them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as-sittir. He conceals. And this is something that we should also learn from. That where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conceals the faults of His servants or the evil matters about them, we should also conceal. وقال النضر أخبرنا شعبة حدثنا عون سمعت أبي سمعت البراء عن أبي أيوب رضي الله عنهما عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم another narration is mentioned here حدثنا معلا حدثنا وهيب عن موسى بن عقبة قال حدثتني ابنة خالد بن سعيد بن العاص أنها سمعت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو يتعوذ من عذاب القبر so the daughter of خالد بن سعيد بن العاص she heard the Prophet ﷺ seeking refuge from the punishment of the grave. حَدَّثْنَا مُسْلِمُ بْنُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ حَدَّثْنَا هِشَامُ حَدَّثْنَا يَحْيَى عَنْ أَبِي سَلَمَةِ عَنْ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَدْعُو He said the Prophet ﷺ used to make dua اللَّهُمَّ إِنِّي أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ عَذَابِ الْقَبْرِ from the punishment of the grave. وَمِنْ عَذَابِ النَّارِ And from the punishment of the fire. وَمِنْ فِتْنَةِ الْمَحْيَى وَالْمَمَاتِ And from the punishment of life and death. وَمِنْ فِتْنَةِ الْمَسِيحِ الدَّجَّالِ And from the fitna of Masih al-Dajjal. Protect me from all of these matters. And if you think about it, this dua is such a beautiful dua. And it's such an essential dua that we must make. And we shouldn't be lazy about it. That, oh Allah, protect me from the punishment of the grave. Protect me from the punishment of the fire. Protect me from the trials of life and the trials of death. The trials of life are well known. What are the trials of death? The trials of death, what are they? Hmm? Okay, sakaratul maut, the pain of death, that is part of the fitna of mamat. What else is part of fitna of death? The trials of death. Who comes at the time of death to mislead a person, to waste all of his efforts? Shaitan comes even at that time to destroy a person's deeds. Or sometimes a person is he is in pain and so he loses hope. He despairs or he begins to think bad about Allah. Or he dies you know, with all the grudges in his heart without forgiving people. So may Allah protect us from that. Women fitna al Masih the Jal and the fitna of the Jal is well known. So it's a very important dua that we should include in our prayers also. Any questions before we continue? Because usually people come to me during the break time or after class to ask questions and I I would rather that you ask me questions during class time so that everybody can benefit. Who will be exempted from the questioning in the grave? It's the prophets, the martyrs the Siddiqun, the Murabitun, those who guard borders, and then the Ghair Mukallaf. 
those from whom the pen is lifted. They're called غير مكلف. Mukallaf is a person who's obligated, meaning their deeds are recorded, they're required to obey Allah. And غير مكلف is someone who is not obligated to obey Allah. Like for example, a three-year-old child. They're غير مكلف. Or a person who is insane. They're غير مكلف. They're not mentioned in the list. No. It's the Siddiqoon that are mentioned. Munkar. What is Munkar? That which is rejected. So the Munkar Nakir are two angels who will come in the grave and they're also known as the Fattan. Fattan is examiner. One who tests. A, a strict examiner. So Munkar Nakir are the angels that will come to a person in the grave and ask him these questions. Some say that these angels are the same angels as Kiram and Katibin. The angels who record the deeds. So in this life, they record the deeds, and when a person is buried, they come and they question him. However, other scholars say that no, there's different descriptions for both the both types of angels, so Munkar Nakir are different. And Munkar Nakir, their description is mentioned in a hadith, and generally what we learn is that they're very unfriendly. They have, in some a hadith, it's mentioned that they have blue eyes, and when they speak, it will sound like thunder, just imagine, scary looking, blue eyes, and as they approach, it's it's like the sound of scissors. So, their approaching is scary, their appearance is scary, the way they speak is scary. So, a person will only be able to remain firm if his faith is firm. And we see in some ahadith, all of the three questions will be asked. And in some ahadith, only one question is asked. Right? Like in the hadith that we learned today, only one question was asked. That what do you say about that man? That's it. The belief about Allah or about Islam is not asked. Only one question is asked. Right? Because it so happens that sometimes if a person answers one question correctly, then that is sufficient. Isn't it? And if you think about it, all of our faith is rooted upon the fact that we believe in the Prophet ﷺ. Isn't it? If you believe in him as the Messenger of Allah, then you believe in everything that he has taught. Yeah, in this hadith also we learn how a hypocrite will answer the questions. He will say, La adri, I do not know. Right? Or he will say that I used to say what the people would say. And so he will be told that you neither learned nor did you read. Meaning, you just heard and passed on whatever information that you came across. You just, like many Muslims, they say, we're Muslim. Why? Because that's what we're told. If you ask them anything about Islam, they don't know. So, ma darayta wa ma talayta. Okay, let's continue.